Hi, and welcome to the Uprooted Life Podcast. My name is Mwaye Boa, and this is where I share my love for Africa by introducing you to those who grace its lands, embrace their dreams, and elevate Africa to showcase its endless possibilities. On this week's episode, I'll be talking to chef and best-selling author, The Lazy Makoti, about what her mother taught her, healthier South African recipes, and her number one cookbooks. Welcome to the Uprooted Life Podcast. I'm your host, Moai Yeboa. And in today's episode, we'll have a chat with Mohau, the lazy Makoti. Mohau is a trend chef, best-selling cookbook author and media personality with a passion for South African food and heritage. She's also a Forbes Africa 30 Under 30 honoree for 2016. Mohau, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure and it's a joy to have you on the show today. You have said that when you lived at home, your mother never let you waste any food or throw away leftovers. Tell us a little bit more about that and what it was like growing up in a household. I grew up in quite a strict um, household. Um, My mom's a teacher and my dad is a pastor of a church. Um, So quite strict. Um, And growing up, we weren't allowed to like throw out food. Um, So we'd always repurpose uh, food, uh, leftovers and reuse it as much as we could. That's great. And it sounds like um, an ordinary um, African home, I think. Yeah, I think most of us grew up that way. Yeah, I think so too. So was your mom a good cook? My mom still is a great cook. Um, I think that's where I got my passion and my love for cooking and, and baking. My mom's an absolute great cook. It's one of her favorite things to do. So um, I'm right to say that everything that you know today is because of your wonderful mom. I wouldn't say everything because then I went to culinary school. Uh, but definitely my love for cooking began in her kitchen. And in 2014, you left the corporate world to focus on your love for food. And I guess this is mostly, I'll say maybe 80% of every African story, um, corporate world or another field into something creative. So tell us a little bit more about this decision. Um, so basically, I was working um, in the finance sector um, and I was quite unhappy. Um, I think, you know, growing up, we encouraged to study all of these things. Um, I studied accounting um, and, you know, things like being a chef is thought of um, not as a, a viable career choice. Um, so it's there that I realized I really had a love for cooking um, and, I, and I wasn't happy working as an auditor. And that's when I decided to leave corporate and go enroll in culinary school. I think that was brave and your story resonates um, with mine because I'm actually a qualified accountant first and then obviously <laughs> <laughs> doing this right now. And how did the name The Lazy Makoti come about and what does it translate to in English? So um, the word Makoti actually means daughter-in-law. Um, so that's the direct translation of it. But um, the word Makoti has like connotations of like um, being domesticated, being a great cook. Um, so how the name came about, a friend of mine 
ask that I teach her how to cook, knowing that I love cooking. Um, ask that I teach her how to cook so that she could impress her in-laws. And I remember she would say all the time, oh my gosh, they're going to call me the lazy Magoti because I can't cook. Um, and I thought that that was funny and witty. And I decided to, you know, when I registered a business to use that as, as the name. And I guess a lot of South Africans um, felt like they, they related to that. Yeah, and it's it's funny, but it's true, isn't it? Uh, the notion of, um, you know, being scared of being a lazy wife or a lazy in-law. So I think you got the, mm-hmm. the name spot on. And would you Thank say you. that you have a desire to promote the role of food in maintaining the South African culture? And I think for this, um, for this statement or question, not just South African culture, but the African culture as per se. Yes, definitely. Um, when this friend initially asked me to give her the cooking lessons, she specifically wanted to learn how to make traditional South African food. Um, and then she then got me thinking about how hard it is or it was to even find a cookbook or any material on our food, even in South Africa, strangely um you know, all the books are all French and Italian cooking um, as if we don't have our own, you know, tried and tested and loved um, recipes that we really, we were really not preserving. Do you know, um, again, another story that is very close to home. And I think this is why I love doing what we do as Africans, whether it's in the diaspora or Africa, because you know how you just say that um, they is no cookbook that you can open that represents the South African cuisine. It's all Italian or French. And I think Mm -hmm. with um, everything that I do in the events industry, I also had that um, feeling of, you know, when my client asked me to say, you know, they want to have a wedding or a retreat in, you know, um, in Italy or France, they can go on Google and they'll find everything. But if you Google Africa events or best venues for vacations or weddings, you won't find anything um i think it's 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 very different but it's also up to us to be able to showcase to the world um just how diverse we are as you know as a continent so be it from Mm -hmm. the culture from the food aspects and of course even like um the hotels and stuff so kudos to you for you know, advocating for that. And, you know, um, and I think it's something that we can pass on to the future generation. So how do you you. decide which recipes will go in your book? How do you decide that? I think this is what I want people to know about the Southern African cuisine. So when I started the Lazy Makwati, I don't think I had like a clear picture of what it is that I wanted to do. I just knew that in some ways I wanted to um, contribute to celebrating and preserving um, those traditional recipes. So it started out as cooking lessons. And then of course, after each class, everyone would then ask, you know, how do I get more recipes? And it just ended up making sense to put it in a cookbook. Um, So then I then collected um, some of those favorite recipes, you know, um, recipes that everybody grew up with, but they loved, but they're not necessarily written somewhere. So I decided to start with those recipes and actually just document them and put them in a book. 
And I think you do it brilliantly. Um, I look at your content, especially on Instagram. It's one of those like, you know, you're watching a Netflix series and you just don't want to stop because I like how you do your promotion of these recipes and how you interact with the audiences as well. You're really brilliant at promoting healthier ways to prepare, you know, Southern African cuisine. So why do you think that it's important to showcase these recipes in a very healthy way, but also in an interactive way? I think it's it's important um, to bring these recipes alive, to, ma- to make them more than, you know, part of a history. Because um, as long as Africans are still alive, then every part of their culture should continue to live on. Um, we're losing so much of our culture. If you think about, if you come to South Africa and you think about how Africans here dress, we're pretty much European um, in what we eat. We're eating like Italian pastas and pizzas and American burgers. And so it's it's very scary how accelerated this this loss of our culture is, is becoming. There are children now who don't speak you know, their mother tongue and they speak English only in Africa. That is crazy. And so I think it's important to to keep all of these parts of our culture alive. Yeah, to have a fine balance, isn't it, between culture and the mm-hmm. modern society. And, you know, looking at your journey from this, you know, little girl growing up, you know, in a wonderful home and then getting into the corporate world. Did you ever think one day you'll be one of the most recognized um, women in Africa and Forbes will pick you up and say, you know, she deserves to be among us, the other incredible um, changes in in Africa. So how was it when you found out that you're going to be on Forbes Africa 30 under 30 list? I was incredibly um, honored. Um, I, d- I don't think I, I can still like, I, I still, I don't think I fully like wrap my head around it, but I was incredibly honored. Um, you know, it's so nice to get that validation that the work that you do is important and, and it means something. So it was an incredible honor and I'm still very grateful. And if that wasn't enough, what an achievement to also have had your own TV show cooks for life so tell us a bit more about that so basically that show was um like you said to to make the recipes come alive um a lot of there was a lot of misconception about specifically traditional african recipes about it taking too long to cook or about it not being healthy and that show really was about showing young people that cooking is really easy these recipes can come alive in your current life you can still make them they don't take forever and they are quite healthy so just making them accessible do you ever get nervous that you know um people look at your recipes or you know your achievements and say okay we we understand that you're focusing on southern um, african culture and cuisine at the same time but can you also add in you know um other recipes from other countries do you ever feel like you have to do that or do you feel like you know what this is who i am and i'm going to stand for this even though the world is evolving i will still represent the southern african cuisine i guess because we live in such a a, really we're part of a global community so obviously um no one will cook just recipes from their culture 
But I do find it odd when I specifically get that question when I don't think anyone could ever ask a French chef that or a Japanese or an Italian chef, you know, you're an Italian chef. Are you ever going to make jollof rice? You know, I don't think anyone would ever ask them that, but um, we constantly get those questions. You know, you're an African chef. Are you only going to ever cook African food? And I think it's an unfair question. Um, but of course, we are a part of the global community. And um, the work that we do is to promote our own food and to really open up access to the rest of the people in the rest of the world to also share in the deliciousness of the food that we have that they may not know of um, in the same way that they know of French or Italian and, and other kinds of food. That's beautiful said, and I think that's a beautiful statement that um, other people also need to really look at in the sense that just like we respect other cultures around the world, mm -hmm. we also have to respect the African culture. We are who we are, and we can't change that. The only thing that we can do is continue telling people about our vibrant culture, the food, and I think you're doing this in such a beautiful way. So your cookbooks are also so popular. They have gone on to be reprinted and you are a number one bestseller congratulations on that again how does Thank it feel um, to know that you, um, a lot of people are getting so much inspiration from your cookbooks and they keep on buying they keep on reordering them how does that make you feel um it's incredible uh validation um yeah, it's such an honor to have people love and, and celebrate the work that you do. I think it also proves that um, it is important to, you know, have representation for people everywhere. Um, so for people to feel like, you know, the recipes from their grandmas and their granddads mean something to them and they do want to see them represented in cookbooks means something and and i'm very glad that we're living in a time in a place where um that can actually happen a lot of people know you as uh the lazy makoti the great chef mm -hmm. but for our listeners give us an exclusive um who are you like a day in your life do you just cook do you just represent <laughs> <laughs> the other side of the lazy makoti what's a day in, in a life like for you like boom i'm not cooking today what what is it that you do what do you like um right now honestly my life is very much consumed uh by work um hoping to have a better you know work life balance but mostly um work so i my work is across you know social media so creating content i also do um a lot of collaboration with a retailer here woolworths uh so i do a lot of their content in the magazine so i write for the magazine um sometimes review restaurants um, I shoot TV shows and I do a lot of recipe development. So even when I'm not cooking, I'm doing something around food and food media. So you live for, for food in terms of the <laughs> love of food. So whatever you do, you always find a way back to your food, right? 
This is why I'll never be skinny. Oh my goodness, me. I see you. You look absolutely amazing. And are you one of those like you don't switch off? So you cook for Christmas, you know, like family Christmas dinners or lunches, birthdays, or do you ever take a day off? Or does the family say, do you know what? She is here. She is going to tell us, add a little bit of salt here and there. So just let her do, <laughs> do the cooking. Are you always cooking for the family? I'm lucky um, enough that my family love cooking. So um, actually, everybody does the cooking. Around Christmas, everybody has their favorite dish that they like to cook, that they feel they cook best. And yeah, we get in the kitchen and everybody's busy. So I guess I'm lucky that way that everybody actually enjoys cooking. That's beautiful. And, you know, food brings people together, uh, life of a party. And you've also headlined the Zamfest. Do you enjoy being out there, meeting people in real life? And if so, how is it like for you? You know, apart from being in the kitchen and cooking, do you like going out there and networking, meeting new people? Of course. The, um, that's one of the things we lost um, during, you know, everything that happened 2020. Uh, but I definitely love interacting with people. Um, I mean, that's the whole ethos of food is about sharing, is about being together. So I definitely love that time where you get to be with other people. Um, you get to share and chat about food and what food means to each person. You know, it's always so, um, so lovely to see just how similar we are. Um, even though our foods, it do have, you know, differences, but food really brings people together. I couldn't agree more. And for our listeners, um, don't be jealous, but I'll be working with the Lizzie Makoti this year. So this is me giving them an exclusive for this year. But where are you going to be in the next five years? Do you have the best laid plan? Like, what is your plan to push, you know, South African cuisine out there beyond Africa? What do you have planned? My cookbook, Hosting with the Lazy Makoti, is now available in the UK and the US. Um, so that's one of um, the big plans to really get that spotlight on, you know, African food. Um, I believe that the time is now. So in as much as um, everywhere in the world, they know what, you know, Chinese food is. I believe the same, it should be the same for our food as well. So that's a big, big plan um, definitely plans to to go into the rest of the continent, collaborate more with people from around the continent. And uh, before we close this conversation, do you think you one day have a Lazy Makoti restaurant? Uh, that's definitely um, somewhere in the pipeline. Um, you were talking about a five-year plan. That's definitely somewhere in the pipeline. So uh, a restaurant to actually have people sample the food um, outside of, you know, the cookbooks. Um, definitely a kitchen range with product as well. So I think the sky really is the limit. I couldn't agree more. And this is probably going to be... Um, a very unusual question, but maybe other people have asked you this, but do you get people asking you to do food for events? So, you know, apart from what you do, so do people even say to you, like, can you please cater for my wedding? Like, can you do the, the menu for us and work with the outside catering company to prepare this food for our events? 
I do get that a lot. Um, people asking me to curate menus for them, um, which is something I've, I've done on a few occasions. So, yes. Amazing. I ask so that our listeners can know because I work with uh, diverse and uh, global clients and after mm -hmm. they pick up your book and hear a podcast, I'm sure they'll want to test your food. So I want to make sure that you are readily <laughs> available. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Thank you so much, Mohao. Um, and it's been so lovely speaking to you. As you know, I'm one of your biggest fans. So it's an honor that you were able to make time to come on the Upper Life podcast today. And would you please let our audience know where they can learn more about you and the Lazy Makoti? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, they can please follow me on social media across um, Twitter, Instagram, at, and Facebook. It's at the Lazy Magodi, one word. Amazing. And on another note, if our listeners would like to learn more about Africa and the Lazy Makoti's um, upcoming projects with Exot Africa, please go to the Exot Africa website, www www.exotafrica.com where you can learn more about our products, services and projects that uplift Africa. It's a wonderful place to find the next favorite African inspired product or service provider for your next upcoming event in Africa. Thank you so much Mohao. Thank you. Across the borders, yes I still long for you All the rivers The valley so cool Oh Africa You this podcast was produced by Curious Small Productions and recorded at Soho Radio in London. Oh.